Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 1 through 14, called The House of Bitter Bondage. Many of you have been praying for revival for America. If we want to see revival, this is our Bible verse. Here's what it says. Pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified. That word glorified, another way to render that is honored in the ESV, just as it did also with you. Would you make that verse your prayer? Uh, I'm not going to put a a cap on saying daily prayer, weekly, whatever. But would you make that a regular part of your prayer life this year? Would you do that? I'm going to do that. Because I believe that this is what needs to happen if our country is going to really, truly change. We're not going to find answers in the political world as much as we want to be involved in that and influence that. We're going to find answers as our hearts are changed and as the Word of God spreads rapidly throughout our country and is honored once again. Not just in the world, but especially in the church. Amen? Where many mainline denominations have become, I would say, in many ways, bankrupt. And the church, you know, in 2021 has a mission and the world is still reeling. And I hate to bring it up, but I'll bring it up because I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it. But COVID is everywhere. (laughs) I remember uh, in the early days when COVID-19 was something that we were hearing about and we watched New York and Uh, some other countries being devastated, but it was kind of a distant thing, and California seemed to be uh, not being hit very hard. Now, about every other person I talk to either has had COVID or knows somebody that has COVID. I won't ask you to raise your hand, because then people will move away from you. uh... But anyway, some of our staff members have gotten it and gotten over it. It's hit some people pretty hard. Um, But I will tell you on a positive note, The Great Barrington Declaration that was signed by thousands of doctors worldwide said that this is really what needed to happen. It needed to go around and people needed to get get it and get over it and build an immunity to it. And Dr. MacArthur was being asked questions. He does a Q&A often with his congregation. And someone was asking Dr. MacArthur about the vaccine. And I know there's all kinds of stuff going around about the vaccine. And I've heard some doctors that I would respect speak highly of it. And then there's other people questioning it and so forth and so on. And they asked Dr. MacArthur about the vaccine and would he take it? And he said he's been vaccinated to travel all over the world. He doesn't know what's in his body at this point because he's done it for the sake of the gospel to enter into different countries and stuff like that. But he said, if you get COVID, you have a 99.98% chance of getting over it with no lasting effects. The vaccine is 94% effective. So do the math. (laughs) There it is. Now, the Great Barrington Declaration, signed by immunologists and uh, doctors that know a lot more than me, said that what they believed needed to happen in the U.S. and for that matter the world is something called targeted protection That is, that the most vulnerable would be protected from the virus, but that everybody else would go back to their normal life. Part of this argument is because there are other effects in locking people down and locking people in. And I don't need to go back over them with you, but there are suicide rates, abuse 
you know, there's depression. There's all these other things that are byproducts of locking people down and locking people in. By the way, uh, they say that 20% of COVID cases, people get them in their own homes. So uh, you have no guarantee, one in five cases apparently, you're going to get in your house. And I have heard about people who have done everything perfectly and they still got COVID and they were being extra, extra careful. But I will say this, that COVID is a real thing. It does hit certain people who are vulnerable hard. And when it hits close to home, that's especially when you, know, you, you stand up and take notice and say, you know, this is something that we need to uh, be careful with. We need to be wise at, in, as Christians. But we also believe that you can make a responsible, informed, independent choice. And that's why, you know, we've been open since May, but we've offered three different ways to worship. People who want to sit outside can sit outside. We have some people who come in and wear masks, and that's great. We have hand sanitizer. We have, we've been streaming our services since, since this all began, and we've had a good portion of our congregation that have stayed away from the public gatherings and stayed home And if you're vulnerable or you're in that category of vulnerability, we would encourage you to do just that, to continue to stay away from uh, crowds and stuff like that. Now, you can see that as we sit here, we're largely spread out, and we've tried to be as wise as we can with the way we handle things, but we're not going to stop meeting because we believe that this is, not only is it uh, essential, it is actually vital. And... uh, I will also say, I see the contradictions in society, some things that are open. Yesterday, uh, I was at Tom's Farms, and I was walking by people. I was this close to people waiting for a pizza, because that is just what I do. But anyway, and, and people were outside, and they were, uh, some were masked, and some did not, not have masks on. And the irony was, Tom's Farms had all of their outside tables roped off. You couldn't sit outside, but people were sitting outside on block walls. And we ate the pizza on top of my car, uh, laid it out there, and and there we go. It's just, and then, you know, to see the hypocrisy with our political leaders, where they continue to, you know, give us speeches about, you know, don't do this, don't do that, and then they're doing the very thing that they say for us not to do. Even with that, though, um, there there have been some people who have lost loved ones. There have been people who have, uh, you know, been hit pretty hard, and there's some people that are still feeling the effects of dealing with COVID, and that may be you, or maybe you know somebody. And we've had, uh, you know, people who have succumbed to this thing. And uh, so we have to to move forward with wisdom, but uh, we trust that you can make the right decision for you and your family. And uh, we're praying, obviously, for everybody to be protected and to be able to live their lives. But I'll tell you, there's there's a lot of layers to this thing. And uh, I pray that this will be behind us soon. But the calendar turning over doesn't mean that it's behind us, right? You guys have heard now there's another strain of COVID. Uh, Yes, there's another strain. And it's apparently now showing up in the United States as well. So, you know, what does that mean now? Well, what that means is we're going to continue to do what we've been doing. We need to be wise. But again, we're going to continue to honor the Lord and encourage one another as we gather together as best we can. I hope that answers your questions uh, about, 
you know, kind of how we're looking at things. I will tell you this, if you're going through something and there's many people watching via live stream or watch this later, please let us know. Reach out to us if you need prayer about anything because we don't know everything that's going on and uh, with the weird year that it's been and moving into a new year, we don't know who's staying away because they're just watching and who may be going through something. So please call us. We're here at the church office Tuesday through Friday and we would really like to know if you're going through something We want to pray for you and with you. Uh, You are our family. We miss so many of you that we haven't seen for quite a long time. It seems, you know, moving almost to a year now where we haven't seen some of the people that we really love. And this is precious. I was praying before this uh, Sunday morning service and thinking, Lord, this is a gift to be able to worship you and be with your people today. So let's treat it that way. Amen. Okay, we are starting a new study. We're in the book of Exodus. We are going to go verse by verse through the book of Exodus. You excited? I'm excited. What a glorious book. And the overall title, Salvation, Redemption, and Glory, the book of Exodus. We are, our first message is the house of bitter bondage. This particular message will move us into a time of communion. So I hope you have the elements uh, and you'll be ready for that as we come to the end of this message. But the book of Exodus is where we are. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for every precious person that's gathered, whether they're here, inside, outside, or watching via live stream. They are our family. We're so grateful for family members in other states that have been become really part of our family through this time. Thank you for that beautiful uh, reality of how you've added to your church. And it's really kind of, you know, for many of us, simplified a lot of things in our lives and caused us to press into you. And I pray that this year your word would spread rapidly and be honored in our lives. Let it start with us. Let it move to our country. We pray over our country right now. We pray that your will will be done in America. There's a lot going on in the political world. There's a lot going on in terms of just the society at large. And I just pray, Father, that your will would be done. You'd have mercy on this country. So many have been crying out to you. Uh, praying that this country would align itself back with the values of heaven. So help us, Lord. And as we study your word, I pray that you would show us great and mighty things that will forever imprint our lives with the power of our God and the delivering power of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray and all God's people said, amen. The book of Exodus means exit or departure. J. Vernon McGee says it means the way out. The famous words ring throughout history, let my people go. And that was Moses who had been called by God at that famous burning bush who confronted the Pharaoh and called for him to release God's people out of their bitter bondage. Let my people go is recorded at least six, seven times And that is release the people from slavery. And the ultimate question, who are you going to serve? The word Exodus first appears in Exodus 19.1. When the Hebrew scriptures were translated into Greek, the verb used for their leaving, Egypt, was translated into Greek as Exodus. The, uh, The Exodus then is the story of their departure out of Egypt and an epic journey from slavery to salvation. It's been pointed out that the book of Exodus is a book about salvation, and it is our story. And it's the story about how we've been rescued by our great God. 
and how because of the blood of the Lamb, He passes over us, does not judge us because of our sin, but passes over us because of the blood of the Lamb. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. The next topic to dive into was requested by a listener, anxiety. What is it and how do you work through it? And it catches you off guard when people do occasionally. You say, hey, how are you doing? And all of a sudden the cashier at your local grocery store starts telling you how their day is actually going. And it almost catches us off guard because we are so busy. And I think busyness is a huge contributor to anxiety. But I think that's a key thing is that Jesus takes his anxiety first and foremost to his heavenly father. So if we can kind of combine two ideas of what you shared, Pastor Shane. One is that Jesus took it to the Father in prayer. And that's a key. And that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer Mm -hmm. and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. So that's a wonderful remedy. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. And then it is our story, and it's the story about how we've been rescued by our great God, and how because of the blood of the Lamb, He passes over us, does not judge us because of our sin, but passes over us because of the blood of the Lamb. Riken writes, this adventure takes place under the hot sun, the book of Exodus, just beyond the shadow of the great pyramids. There are two mighty nations, Israel and Egypt, led by two great men, Moses the liberating hero and Pharaoh the enslaving villain. Almost every scene is a masterpiece. Once heard, the story is never forgotten. For Jews, it is the story that defines their very existence, the rescue that made them God's people. For Christians, it is the gospel of the Old Testament, God's first great act of redemption. Turn over to Exodus chapter 6 for a second. Let me just show you a a little section that you could take as an overall big strokes or themes of the book. Exodus 6, this is what it says. It says, verse 6, Say therefore to the sons of Israel, Exodus 6, 6, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse 8, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give you, to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession I am the Lord. This book is a book about the Lord revealing the fact that he is faithful to his promises, promises that he made way back in the book of Genesis to a man named Abram who became Abraham. There's a great prophecy in the book of Genesis 
take a look. Genesis chapter 15, just the book before Exodus. <clears throat> and here's something that God said to uh, Abram at the time. His name was Abram at the time, then became Abraham. <clears throat> and this prophecy was given to Abram before the nation was. And it was a prophecy given as Abram trusted in the Lord and experienced what we call imputed righteousness. Here's what it says. Genesis 15, verse 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abram, Genesis 15, 13, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterward, they will come out with many possessions. Now that particular prophecy written, uh, Abraham is about 1900 BC. So there are two main views, by the way, on the dating of the Exodus. Some date it early in the 15th century BC. And some date it a little later in the 13th century B.C. If you watch Cecil B. DeMille's movie, The Ten Commandments, how many of you have seen that movie? You all should have seen that movie. It's a glorious movie. Cecil B. DeMille's depiction, he gives it a late date, that is the 13th century. And the two main characters there are Seti. Seti is the pharaoh before Ramses II. And Ramses is the pharaoh of the Exodus whom Moses has to confront, and so forth. That is the late date, the 13th century. Remember, the calendar in the B.C. is going down, and then it goes up. So that is the late date. 13th century is the late date. And there are scholars who believe that the biblical narrative fits that dating. But again, we don't know for sure because the Pharaoh of the Exodus is not named. There's another group of historians and scholars that believe in the early date, the 15th century, and say that the Pharaoh of the Exodus comes off the heels of an invasion of what's called the, I think it's the Hyksos uh, invaders into Egypt. And they were a Semitic people that took over portions of Egypt for a time. And then Egypt won back their country. And that part of the skittishness of the Pharaoh of the book of Exodus is he doesn't want that to happen again. He doesn't want to lose his nation to Semitic invaders. And uh, that's part of why uh, he does what he does with the children of Israel. That's uh, a bit of conjecture. There are powerful lessons, a lot of intriguing types in the book of Exodus. A type is a foreshadowing of something else like the uh, salvation or Jesus Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of Satan, a picture of Satan, if you will. Moses is a picture or a type of Christ. We will see pictures of sin, Satan, salvation, God's saving power, slavery, which is bondage to sin, the Savior or the Deliverer, and we will even watch the process of sanctification of the children of Israel. The book of Jude comments and says, The Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, verse 5, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. The book of Exodus is a book about faith. And it actually comes up in the Hall of Faith. I want to show you, as we do a bit of an introduction, in the book of Hebrews, the great Hall of Faith, we call it. Hebrews 11, turn over there for a second. The Exodus gets some mention and some detail 
and uh, again couches it around the idea of faith. Here's what it says. Hebrews 11, verse 22. It says, By faith, Joseph, Hebrews 11, 22, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. We'll talk more about Joseph in a moment. By faith, Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty three, 23, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict or the Pharaoh's edict. By faith, 24, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the Pharaoh or the king. He endured as seeing him who is unseen. That's faith. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as though they were passing through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. Now there's a summary, if you turn back to the book of Exodus, of some of the faith uh, acts that took place in this great book of Exodus. You've been listening to The House of Bitter Bondage, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 1 through 14. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to say thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We're over halfway through the year and you've raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast, equipping people with God's truth. Now we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in car or at home is still free for listeners. In fact, most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We're looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we'd love to become fully funded by listeners. And this will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and then click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we open up the book of Exodus, we think about the exit from Egypt into the promises of God and ultimately leading into the promised land, though, as you well know, it was a long journey for the Israelites. And as we think about this house of bitter bondage and we think about the story of Moses, is there a connection to the story of Jesus? Yes, 
in the sense that Moses became a deliverer and Jesus is the ultimate deliverer. We think about the gospel. We think about the fact that in the Exodus, there are pictures of the gospel. It is a salvation story. Egypt becoming a picture of the world. Uh, the Pharaoh, a picture of Satan and spiritual slavery being set free by the power of God, by the blood of the lamb, which we'll learn about painting that on the doorpost. Oh, this is an amazing story, but much more than a story. It's, it's actually historical. It's an account in history, just as Jesus's life, death and resurrection is history, not just biblical history. But many sources outside the Bible will testify to the historical Christ. If you're looking for a book on this, The Historical Jesus by Gary Habermas would be an eye-opening book for many people to read about the historical Jesus outside of the Bible. But you know, the Bible uh, is filled with the record of Jesus's life in four different gospels, in letters, etc., uh, and, of course, in all the, the prophecies leading up to the coming of the Messiah. This is going to be an amazing study with so much rich gospel uh, pictures and rich application for all of us. So tell a friend about what you're hearing here on Walk in Truth. Keep us in prayer. We're excited to air the book of Exodus for you. And for all of our partners, all of you who pray for us, all of you who stand with us, we are grateful. Remember, you can always reach out to us at walkintruth.com. Send us prayer requests, uh, messages. We appreciate it. Walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 1 through 14, called The House of Bitter Bondage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.